Hey guys, Alexa here from This Is Life Unfiltered. And I'm so excited because this week I've got two major boss babes on the podcast. I talk so often about women empowerment and body empowerment. And I think it's so important that more female entrepreneurs out there are willing to take risks and also talk about everything from the beginning of their company to the success that they bring and then everything in between. So this week I've got the founders of Comforte, Nadine and Lena. And it's a mother-daughter duo who have a really interesting story. And the reason I was so interested when I came across them is because one of the topics that I feel like is kind of taboo in the media and just in general is girls and their periods. I've worked with a lot of actually really cool period brands geared towards young adults. And every time I put out a blog post, I felt so uncomfortable about it sometimes because I knew I didn't really know what people are thinking or how people would react to it. But in the scheme of things, every girl, every woman has a period. It's not something to be afraid of. And that's why I really wanted to have them on here to talk about the company they're building and also how they got to where they are today. So Lena and Nadine, thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, truly our pleasure. Thank you, Alexa. Well, take me back to the beginning, how you came up with this idea. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to step in. This is Lena, because I, I'm the mom. And what happened is um, I had this this uh, ointment that I had my daughters use whenever they had like leg pain or, or, you know, shin pain after their sports events. And one day Nadine walked in, we were living in Texas at the time. She walked into my home office and said, mom, She's 13 years old, all right? Mom, I hope you're not going to be upset. Well, that's the first thing your brain goes crazy. What is she going to tell me? And then she proceeded to say, you know that stuff I use for my pain on my shins and stuff? Uh, Yeah. Well, I was really having bad cramps and I decided to, and I'm like, yeah. She's like, I use it and my pain went away. So that was the beginning of it. A 13-year-old ready to tell me that she was innovative enough to think wow, if this works for these kinds of pains, I've got to try it on my menstrual cramps. And and we've never looked back since. Wow, that's amazing. Lena, tell me a little bit about the company that you had before you guys started Comforte, because you started also Alexandria Professional, correct? Yeah, that's been it. So we've been in business for 28 years. We're actually the literal pioneers of professional body sugaring, hair removal. But you know, sugaring itself has been around since like Cleopatra days. So I'm not saying that we were intelligent enough to put sugar together and do a hair removal process. What we did is we professionalized, we theorized, we really studied everything to do with hair removal using the sugar product. And, and at the end of the day, I created an entire new theory to hair removal, which is funny enough, we're talking right now, Alexa, because I've just hired a company um, that's going to help us prove my theory. It's going to be really fantastic because we reach permanent results from head to toe, man, woman, or child, if, if the need be, um, without contraindication, gentle enough for every single ethnicity, skin color, and hair texture on our earth. It's so fantastic. And, and then now, not only have we learned to do that, now the whole system we call our full circle of skin conditioning program not only takes away hair permanently, but we work with eczema, psoriasis, and keratosis. Ingrowns are a thing of the past, and we take care of the rest of the skin problems that are out there like this. 
it's really quite amazing. How neat. Well, I feel like anyone listening must be kind of just from the bat realizing how both of you are so for women empowerment. And I want to really get into that further along in the podcast. But Nadine, tell me more about the experience that you had. And also being such a young girl, what made you feel so confident to explore this company that really is based on something that, you know, a lot of young kids don't want to think about or talk about, which is your period. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like my mom mentioned when I was in school, we had just gone through health class and, you know, at that age, everyone's like giggly when you're talking about (laughs) everyone's bodies and their function. Um, but I remember learning specifically about cramps and what they were. And, you know, I had been using the previous ointment a lot for sports injuries and I just decided to use it one day and it worked. And at the time, you know, I was only 13. So I didn't really understand as much of the impact this could have until I was a little older. And it, you know, as you get older and you learn more about your period and how you're going to have to not necessarily struggle, but live with this every month of your life or not every month, but you know what I mean? A long time. And, you know, I was learning more about pills. I do suffer from headaches quite often. So I know ingesting, um, even over the counter pain meds like Advil often isn't the best for us. And a lot of the times people teach their children, even at a young age, either go on birth control as a means of regulating and, you know, pain management or just take pills like Advil or Midol. And a lot of the times we don't teach the effects these can have on your body, especially long-term. And I feel like that was something that we really wanted to try pushing more was that there are natural alternatives to pain relief that have no contraindications. You can apply Comfortate as often as you want. Um, as much as you want, and you never have to worry about any adverse effects to the body. And so many people, women specifically, um, suffer from cramps. And it's just sad to see. Um, yeah, I guess it was just sad for me to see that there weren't that many alternatives or people weren't really educated on the potential alternatives out there. So that's really been our goal is trying to push this as a solution where you don't have to harm your body. It's natural. It comforts, it nurtures without, again, without giving any, you know, adverse effects. That that's the key. When you said comfort, that's why we called it comfort. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot written right now, Alexa, on, and I think we just read a new article or you read Nadine not last week or something on a set of medicines, which a lot of people don't understand that the damages it can do to our bodies long-term. So for me, I look at young girls who begin their period at the age of, you know, anywhere from nine years old onward. Yeah. I started mine at 10. So I have a ways to go, um, of, you know, dealing with my period. And I just don't want to be reliant on pain meds, even if they're over the counter. Yeah. Over the counter doesn't mean safe. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like so often everyone's always like, I have a headache. I'm going to take Advil or I have like, I'm so stressed. I'm going to take a Xanax. And it's nowadays, I feel like it's said so regularly when really in reality, there's so many alternative ways to deal with any kind of pain you're having. Um, And that doesn't mean it has to be something that's over the counter. So I know that this product is specifically also sourced in a village in Africa, right? West Africa. That's right. 
Well, tell me about how that kind of came about, because this isn't just a product that's helping kids in America. This is obviously, there's a reason that you guys would have chosen a village in Africa to create the product. Well, it's twofold. I was already, um, so there's a, there's a family business there that I was already using as one of my ingredient suppliers for Alexander Professional. Not sugar though, but still some, some other ingredients we ordered. And, um, I went to meet up with them one time, and, and the story is told actually, uh, because they sent me a sample of this ointment, and I used it. That's what I was using for massaging or for you know shin pains or anything that my daughters would feel or maybe a customer would come in with. And um, so I, I went to see them with an idea of using this for menstrual cramps after Nadine did this set of trial on her own and never told him what it was for because I wanted to see if I could work something out that would be beneficial for, for them as well as for us. And at the end of the day, when they finally decided, okay, we, we like you, Lena, and we, we like where you're going, uh, we're going to agree to do this with you. Um, and, and then after we signed, I told them what it was for. I wish I, wish I had a picture or, or an Insta video of this because the son and the father looked at each other they, they speak French, huh? And so do I. And he looks at each other and, and they said, why didn't we think about that? Like they look dumbfounded that they never thought to use this type of formula for menstrual cramps. And I just looked at them and said, look, I'm not the genius in the family. It's my 13-year-old daughter decided to try it. <laughs> so it was really a funny moment. And, and the thing is, it brought me to a, a place where I was able to patent this, this idea and formulation and, and keep them involved with us you know because at the end of the day if if i hadn't used the original formulation of what they provided with us i couldn't have come out with a another formulation for this particular need so you know it's the the universe works with you you know when when you're open your heart is real everything comes together of course well i guess it definitely helps that you had so much prior experience in the beauty industry but nadine it obviously seems like this really was kind of your idea if your mom hadn't had that past experience in beauty is this a company that you think you would have started on your own or do you think it would have been too hard now that you guys are both full-time entrepreneurs? Uh, that's, that's a really tough question. I think, um, it probably wouldn't have been something I would have pursued on my own had not been for my mother. And that has to do more with, um, just like my personality and the way I am normally, uh, and obviously, had I not encountered this product, I would have, I should say, I wouldn't have never encountered this product without her to begin with. Um, but after I did and having her experience and expertise and, you know, while yes, I've been a help, this has really been uh, pushed for the company and the product primarily with her capabilities, her knowledge, her drive, um, more so just because of my age, you know, at the time I had my own studies that were my focus, but now that I know more about the product and I'm out of school, it would definitely be a company I would have wanted to work for, um, if not created myself at some point. Uh, but it, it is hard to say like the what ifs, cause you know, if it hadn't been for her, I, this wouldn't have happened to begin with. What yeah, is, I wouldn't go yeah. with, with the what ifs. I think Alexa. I think it, I look at my daughter today because I'm extremely proud. Not not just because I'm her mom, because her, her and I are like two peas in a pod, but we have very different personality types. So I'm going to tell you, she has a drive that she still doesn't understand she has. 
So, you know, I'm all about personal development and going forward. And this is in her blood. Like this comforté, that's why I I have her as a co-founder because I... There would be no comforté if it weren't for her initiating, like, the intelligence of, well, this works for this, let me try it for this, because she was in the middle of her cramp crisis, if you will. So, you know, she's more entrepreneurial than she lets out to be, <laughs> and it's my job to keep pointing it out. <laughs> well, I think that's what shows a real entrepreneur is somebody who remains so humble, even if they have that million-dollar idea. But when was the company actually founded again? Ooh. When was officially? Yeah, uh, I don't like to ask four people. years. Okay, four so years. Nadine, yeah. then are you in college? Or are you going into college? I graduated last year, so this has been basically my first full year being able right. to focus on comfort. Right. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And then, what college did you go to? I went to University at Buffalo, here uh, where we live, and um, it was—I mean, it was a great experience. <laughs> I always love talking to entrepreneurs because so many of them went to college and have such different perceptions of college once they start their business. So do you feel like college impacted you positively now that you've started the company or do you feel like you didn't need college to do what you're doing now? Um, I would say honestly with what I'm doing right now this past year, I probably wouldn't have needed college. It's I loved studying. So I loved being able to attend, but a lot of what my classes taught me, um, and I'm sure you've heard this, it's very theoretical. There's not much practical or practice. So being able to implement either what I learned or things that I hadn't learned, um, was way more beneficial once I was actually working as opposed to what I learned in college. Um, I wouldn't say there was no benefit at all, but I would say I wouldn't have necessarily needed the, the college experience. Yeah. For people who are listening who might be debating whether or not they don't have that idea, kind of that money-winning idea yet, but they're wondering whether or not to take a gap year, go to college, what advice would you have for them? I would probably say if they're unsure, they should take a gap year. Um, just to see either work somewhere else, volunteer somewhere else, find what you're very interested in. I would say that now that I've had a year to focus on Convertade, there are a couple of other classes or even just advanced certifications that I would like to look into, but that's because now I know what areas I'm lacking in and I would prefer to learn more about, but I would definitely say, uh, do the gap year. I didn't. Um, I pretty much went, actually, no, I think I did. I think I took about six months between graduating uh, high school and college. Um, I would have liked to take longer because it, it gave me time to kind of relax from the high school. You know, a lot of people get frazzled um, or stressed with all of the work, uh, the schoolwork, but the experience in those six months it still gave me direction for college, but now I have even more direction now that I'm, I'm out. I, I love more that you say that. I would like to teach, uh, to learn in. I think that's so important. And I don't know whether or not you studied business. I would assume it was potentially something relating to business. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like once you go and start a company, then that really helps as well. Cause you have that business perspective. Lena, did you think that college helped you in your endeavors as you became a successful entrepreneur? 
Oh, Alexa, if you read my book, you'll find out I didn't go to school. Oh, um, you did? I, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually forced my parents to sign me out at the age of 14 years old. And, and I'll tell you, the principal of my high school was just in tears because I was like a straight student. I just wasn't interested um, to be there. It was the, you know, a period where a lot of kids were getting into drugs. And I, anyway, it's a long, long story. So I didn't formally go to school, but um, I have a street Harvard education. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Well, I didn't go to school either. So I think that what you learn just living and experience things can sometimes be so much more beneficial than sitting in a classroom. But I guess it just depends on the type of person you wanted to be um, yes. with, with your daughter, with Nadine, when she told you she wanted to go to college, did you think that initially she had those traits, I guess, to be an entrepreneur? Or is that something that you're like, no, I want you to get a normal college degree because with, with entrepreneurship, you never know what's going to happen. Um, she's a studious person. She's uh, right here with me. And yeah. I can say, yeah, uh, she's a studious person. So she fits university school, anything to do with learning very, very well. I was still of the mindset that regardless of what I would do in the future with the way our work economy or work mm -hmm. environment is in the U.S. now, I would have gotten my degree regardless of what I plan to do with it, just because if anything were to happen, that degree, unfortunately, can do much more for people now than not having one. Some people get really lucky, um, especially like you, Alexa. Um, you know, you had skill, I'm assuming you had your drive and you've been very successful, but not everyone has that. And a lot of the times, if you want to go out and get a job, places really expect some kind of degree. So for me, it was something that in my mind, I like, like my mom said, I'm a studious person, so I didn't mind, but it was kind of non-optional yes. for me. I thought it of it as non-optional. Yeah, that's, that's important that you mentioned that too, because so many young entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs nowadays feel like they should just skip college and, and go right to the next step. But I feel like there's so much benefit that college still brings, regardless of what, whether you want to be an entrepreneur. But Lena, also just to talk about your book, which you can tell us later about, it's called The Sugar Queen Book. I'll have to read about it because I get <laughs> sugaring in LA and it is the most traumatizing experience. So I need to oh, know no. who created it. It's so painful. It's the most no, painful Alexa, form you're going to have to tell me where you go. Because I know. if I touch your body, it will not be traumatizing. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> painful. But it's like, it's like a genius now cult thing. I think it's the best form of waxing. It's just so much more painful. So I think that's, that's awesome. Anyone who uh, wants to read her book, I'll put a link below. But so you guys are obviously a little bit different in age group, but you both are on the forefront of what young women are dealing with, with body image and everything. So I want right. to talk about social media and how you guys think social media is negatively or positively impacting young people. Oh man, we've had this discussion a so lot. many times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I personally, from from my point of view, I feel kind of very conflicted about social media. I like that it shows people how others live. I do think that's still a benefit. Seeing so many entrepreneurs that are succeeding, because through social media, we see so many different brands that are being successful. And I feel like if we didn't have social media, those will be harder to find. But at the same time, the social side of social media, I think can be very damaging. We're, I feel like we're moving in a good direction. We have a lot more body positivity coming out, but I still think overall, 
um, social media can be, it, it takes a certain, uh, person to be able to, you know, join in and not be affected. I want to say some people are stronger willed. Some people are weaker willed. So some people, they can look and see whatever, and they're secure in who they are, but others, it's harder for them to do that. And they're always comparing. I, I have a good friend who I've known for years and I love her to pieces. She's beautiful. She's funny. Um, and she's such a friendly person, but she also has a lot of weak moments on social media where she's comparing herself. And I'm always trying to coach her or talk to her and tell her that, you know, she's beautiful just the way she is and she should just enjoy life. And that a lot of the times on social media, things are edited. It's not, you know, things are staged. It's not necessarily everyday life, um, for even for the people taking the photos. I, I wish more people would realize it's just entertainment. And, yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. You, you don't make a movie and not put makeup on and do the hair or wigs or costume. It's entertainment. That's what social media really is. And the fact that it's opened up the world as one, I think is very beneficial and it kind of slows down the, um, the monopoly, you know, uh, of brands that have been out there for, for like decades and decades, because it through social media, you can have a new brand, something you create and, and get it to become somewhat of a success. That's what I mean. I found a lot of brands that I had never heard about just on Instagram, seeing what other people I follow like or something pops up. And that's been great because there's a lot of companies out there that have such great like mission statements or reasons for being. And I would have never known about them had it not been for social media. Yeah. And, and I still feel like it does a lot of good with raising awareness and rallying people um, for a cause, especially considering the environment uh, the U.S. is in right now and has been in the past couple of years uh, with a lot of the sad things that have been happening. Mm -hmm. Social media has really allowed us to be more aware of what's going on. And it's been helpful, like I said, for rallying support. That's so it, it has its good and its bad side. So I'm, I, I wouldn't say it's wholly good or wholly bad. I'm very much kind of like neutral. <laughs> it, it, you can't change how, how people feel. I don't think insecurities is anything new and caused by social media. I right. think we're more aware of You guys cut out for a second there. Hello? On I think one. we're still here. Yeah, you cut out for a second. But what were you saying? Uh, I was just, what were you saying? We'll start with you. Do you remember what you were saying? Me? No, I'm talking to Lena. Okay. Hi, sorry. Yeah, uh, connected. I can hear you guys. Okay, super. Uh but what I was saying is, e even with everything that's gone on with social media, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And insecurities are not caused by social media. Insecurities are caused um, the way they've always have been. You know, people are insecure in their own ways. It's just that we're more aware of of the levels of insecurities because we're more social media. We're more connected. Yeah. You know, years ago, we didn't know something that happened in, in, in Russia or other parts of the world. Today, it's like in, in an instant. So we're just more aware. And the good thing about awareness and the, the parts of social media, I, I think is a, 
a good blessing for us is that through more awareness, we can create more betterment, you know, faster as a whole, as one. Yeah, I think that's so important for both of you, especially with, you know, the age difference since your mom and daughter. I mean, do both of you think that it's been easier now, specifically just with with Comforte, um, with building the brand on social media? Or has that been harder? Because I speak to so many people all of the time who are budding, aspiring entrepreneurs, and they're like, I don't even know where to start. You know, I want to put money into Instagram marketing, but I don't even know what to do. And I'm like, I feel like that's still not the way to do it. Like any company, you cannot solely focus on Instagram to make your company uh, work. Exactly. I would agree with that. I think we're still kind of trying to figure out our groove and the best places uh, to really reach out with Comforte. I think Instagram and social media is still, it's still good to have, like it's almost essential now because a lot of people, when they hear about a brand, they kind of immediately want to see what you've been putting out on Instagram specifically. Uh, but you're right. It's not the end all be all. You still have to go out there and make the actual face to face connections um, or, you know, go to events and sponsor them or, you know, some something instead of just relying on social media because <laughs> because it can do good. But it, it's not the end all be all. It's, it's tough to give a s- specific answer on where someone should start. Um but yeah, do you have any? Uh, I, I think uh, some some brands have gotten very, very lucky with the release on social media. You know, everybody wants to make that quick turnover, mm-hmm. but that's not the reality. The reality is you're exactly right, Alexa, when you said, you know, it's not just one. Social media is necessary. Um, I think print advertisement is something that is still unreachable for most, most people. Um, you have to have your network of activities. You have to have your network of social media. You have to have your network of salespeople. And and if a company is interested, you know, they can always sell their ideas. You know, that's still always a possibility out there. But uh, for us, Comforté to me is all about Nadine. Um, It's all about what she believes in and nurturing her body. And I think a lot of young women of her age, younger and a little bit older, fall into that category. They really care about what they put into and on their bodies. And that's why for me, she's a lead for Comforté, a natural lead, because she believes in it. And social media to her is part and course of everything she's going to do with the brand. And nowadays, everything also comes down in a sense to to branding. I mean, your guys' branding is so on point. And even the look of the product and the press kit, everything just looks so put together. So how did you come up with that? Because that's, you know, you can have the idea and then it's kind of like the first step. There's so many first steps once you have that idea. So who came up with all of the color scheme and how long did that period take? Uh, well, go ahead. originally we had a different design for the product and that was the main <laughs> design for years. And it was like a little cartoony girl with the the symbol for women um but we had the tagline love being a woman every day of the month and a couple years ago we went to a designer and we you know talked everything out with them and we still kept the pink i know nowadays people get really kind of iffy on whether women should always have pink products or she should make it more general neutral color but we really like the the comforting feeling that 
pink of a warm pink of a warm pink that 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 brought and we wanted to make love being a woman every day of the month more of a centerpiece because that was a story um (laughs) the tagline actually came from a story from mom when she was younger about how her period was so severe that every month she would she would wish she was a man basically yeah i'd give anything to be i remember saying i'd give anything to be a man just for these 10 days because my my periods were like so horrendous. <laughs> and we know that a lot of women experience that, you know, once a month, you're just, you're not very comfortable in your body or you're going through pain. But with Comfort Hay, we want people to know that you don't have to feel that way. Right. You can apply this. It's all natural and it'll help relieve your cramps and you can go back to your daily life. Hence, love being a woman every day of the month because we're fantastic. But beyond that, the, uh, like the press kit and stuff like that, that was more tossing it out, wanting that light a team, feel. A good team. Yeah. And we wanted that light feel, that that sense of freedom, of lightness. Yes. Of not, you know. Fresh, light, clean. Yeah. Not feeling, you know, depressed or sad or even heavy on your period. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where the whole branding came. That's right. Came together. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you said something just now that I think is crucial. And it's the fact that you were thinking about making the company or the color scheme more gender neutral. And nowadays with the media, especially, it is so difficult to stay consistent on what you want to do because there's so many people who are telling you so many different things. So I just want to applaud both of you for, I mean, just staying with pink and, and loving that because I think pink is yeah, a color for all people. And if you it specifically, be, yeah. yeah. And I mean, if you were like, I need to make the company black so that guys buy it um, or whoever <laughs> you are buys it. I mean, why can't everyone just like pink? You know what I mean? Love the color exactly. pink. Exactly. Exactly. It's a different mindset. Well yeah. So I really like that. So what has been the biggest struggle in terms of entrepreneurship with the company? I mean, what is something that other entrepreneurs wouldn't know when starting a company? I'm going to let Nadine talk of this one because I want her to really own this brand. I, For me, like I said, I've only been really focusing on Comforté for a year and I would say for me, it's really getting your brand recognized. And that kind of goes back to the question you posed about social media's role in that it's great for brand recognition in a sense, but you need more than that. And I think that's been one of the harder parts is really getting, you know, the awareness out there that we have this product. And in addition to that, and this is more specific with our product, though it could be um, cater to any new idea or service or product is that a lot of people get skeptical. And, you know, when we say this is an all natural product, you just, it's an ointment, you just massage on. And a lot of people immediately have that skepticism of, Oh, really? Does this really work? And for us, that's something that I need to work better on how to break through that. Um, and that's going to take, you know, more help from the team because that's exactly what I, I guess that's another thing entrepreneurs need to remember. It's not just them. They need to find a good core team to talk everything through um, and really help implement. But I would say for I've found that those two has been kind of a struggle with Comfort Hay is really getting that brand awareness out. And then specifically with our product is how to best get around people's skepticism because those who have tried the product love it. We've gotten so many great testimonials of people who are just amazed that 
the product works for them and they don't have to worry about, like I said, pills or their period in general. Um, so, so for me, it's, it's a, it's always a learning game. That's why I said I have areas where I would like to go to school and get, or get a certificate to get more in-depth knowledge, Mm -hmm. um, on how to best move forward. So it's still a learning game for me. I still have a lot to learn, but it's, it's fun. It's still fun. And I believe in the product so much. So we're, we're just never going to stop or quit, keep moving forward. Even as experienced entrepreneurs, there's always stuff that you're learning with any company. Lena, as you've gone into this, I know really Nadine is kind of the figure and person of the company. Uh, but mm-hmm. as you've been any sort of advisor with this, is there anything new that you've realized about entrepreneurship during this venture? Uh, for comfort, it's not about having learned something new. It's, it, it's that I know what needs to happen. And please understand, you know, we're, we're so successful in the Alexandria brand, and that's where my primary focus is. So this is this is something that we have because Nadine had enough courage to try it, you know, enough confidence and courage to try for something at the age of 13. And now that she's done with school and done university, this is in her hands. You're absolutely right. So it's not that I know new things that need to be done. It's that I need to let her and the team drive it because they need to go, they need to go through all the learning steps that will help to make this brand a reality out there. Even if I can advise, you know, you need to step out, you need to go knock on doors, you need to to talk more to people and be confident in the information you share because you know you feel it. And when you feel it and you look at people in the eyes, they'll feel your energy. That's probably one of the most important lessons we can teach to anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, regardless of, of what brand they want to carry or what product they want to carry, is if you don't fully believe in what you represent, it, it'll come off as you're trying to sell them. But when you really understand what you're trying to represent or what you're representing, and you look at someone in the eyes and you can answer them with openness and honesty, it transfers. And, and that's what Nadine and her team are finally reaching. They've been doing all this legwork for the last year. And now we're reaching the point of, of really expanding out there. Oh, yeah. You hit it on the head right there with saying that that passion that you have, any entrepreneur for any company, all the times that are like the lowest of lows and then the highest of highs, it all makes it worth it when you have that passion. Nadine, you mentioned you know, trying to, I guess, overcome the response from, you know, maybe just the concept or people who haven't actually tried the product. So how do you battle that? I mean, how do you try and get this in the hands of people, specifically, obviously, females? Um, I mean, there, I can't think of another product that's out there like this, besides kind of like a heating pad or something. But what, what kind of way and direction do you go about specifically getting this in the hands of people? So right now we've kind of been um, trying to push more and more of our testimonials out there and really discussing the product and sharing the ingredients to give people more knowledge on what's in it so that they can know more about why this is effective. Uh, We've tried a couple things um, like giving out uh, free samples and stuff like that. Um, It's, it's still something we're working on. A lot of it is about trying to build that trust um, with 
you know, with your customer base first, showing them that we're not just about the product. We're about like the more like the lifestyle, um, empowering women. So it's, like I said, I, I don't have, uh, well, you are, to, yeah, you are about to start the new program with our internal marketing team for salons, like all the salons at Alexandria professional services. So, you know, you're going to be doing that aspect to try everything you've been doing over the last year, especially with the new marketing team is also to push it out to the network that we've built over 28 years, which, yes, which will really help that, you. Yeah. yeah. Cause we already have the, the trust with our salons because they know our products work and they're effective um, and they're high quality. So that, that is a route we're going to be trying or we're going to be implementing soon. And she's my daughter. So people know that she <laughs> won't sell BS. You yes. know what I mean? Because it's who we represent. It's what we represent is really no nonsense. We're more, more, we're more like stable mables of the industry. We like to sell facts and, and, and represent effectiveness. Well, that trust factor comes into play, especially I feel like with anything in the beauty industry, because there's so many products oh. out there and you mm-hmm. never really, and then there's products that come out and then people are like, no, they recall it from the market. I don't know. I read all these stories, but what advice would both of you have for women of all ages who are dealing with any kind of body image issues or insecurity and just feel like they're never going to be able to feel confident in their own skin? Um, you want me to go? Sure, I'll go after. Okay. <laughs> we look at each other. We go. <laughs> um, okay, from from my age perspective, I you know we've lived through everything. It, we didn't have social media, but we had Twiggy, right? Twiggy was like that super anorexic. Yeah, exactly. So we went through you know in my period where anorexia was really um, a, a major concern for women's health, young women's health. So for today, I think. What I can say is, I don't want to say it so simply, you know, just be the best you can be. Do what you can to change what will change to the best your body can be, your, your, mental, your mental stability, your spiritual stability, and your physical stability. Because there are things that can be changed and improved, and there are things we have to learn how to accept, you know, learn to accept and to love it. And, and then I think everything just blossoms naturally. It's, it, it all comes down to our minds, you know? Yeah. It's training our brain to think the right things. For, for me, I would say, um, because, you know, I'm, I still suffer from bouts of insecurity every once in a while, but I always try to shift my focus away. I, um, I acknowledge that I'm having one of those days, and then I decide, let's, let's not think about it. I go talk to my sister or my friends or I visit family. I go out and I do something to take in a way, take my mind away from it, but not so much ignore it, but just to acknowledge that it's there and that I should be shifting my focus to things that really matter. So having friends, having a support system, people who love you for who you are, I think that makes a huge difference. And especially in regards to social media, whenever I see images or something and I say, wow, you know, that girl's just so pretty or she looks so confident. I stop and I, I tell myself that I have to realize that a lot of times this is staged. This isn't her everyday life or their everyday life. Um, and I find ways to remind myself that, you know, like, like my mom said, I am who I am and I do love myself and I'm very confident in 
what my, especially my personality is like, because I think everyone talks about, um, you know, body image, but I think we also need to pay attention to people's personalities in the sense that, you know, confident, super outgoing people, very funny. Those tends to be the people that are always depicted and shown as successful, but not everyone is that way. And that's, more than body image, that can be a, a sense of insecurity for me because I do tend to be a little more quiet and reserved. Um, but I know that that's me and I'm okay and I'm confident with who I am. That's so the it's, secret. It's, it's hard to really give advice. It really is about, like, like mom said, shifting your focus, loving yourself, and then also finding things that make you happy that aren't strictly about body image or anything like that nothing in the world will ever make a person feel more beautiful man or woman or look more beautiful than happiness internal happiness nothing will shine through like that as beauty doesn't matter when you feel great you look great yeah that's so true. Oh my gosh, that's such a good statement. Um, where do you guys where do you guys expect the company to go? I mean, it's still in the startup phases in that sense because it hasn't been around too long. But what's the end right. goal? Like, where would you like to see it in ten years? Well, I know, like, it really, it's only been the last one year since Nadine graduated that we've put more effort into it. So I anticipate between now and five years that. Uh, the majority of young girls in America will opt for a more natural, soothing option for their menstrual cramps. So I I think it's going to evolve into, well, I already see it. So (laughs) I think we'll have the cream and we'll evolve into the roll-ons and we'll evolve into any other thing that we find in our travels that will help. So this is really just the beginning it's really one of its kind. Like an example in uh, the UK, Ireland and the UK, there's a pharmacy called Booth. And they I have Booth, 17. Yeah. Oh, you don't? Know, okay. Well, they have 1,700 locations. And they were ready after two years of discussing with them. They were ready to take it on. And at the last hour, they realized that we don't have a, um, what they call like a certification by the, the, you know, the Ministry of Health of something. Like basically here, the FDA, equal to the FDA. And so we had to put everything on hold and they were so disappointed because they said they have been looking for a couple of years themselves for something to bring into their pharmacies and take away things that they find are too contraindicative for menstrual cramp use. And they loved our product. We were like the biggest hit in their internal trade show of all their employees. We were the biggest hit. So, so we're back at the drawing board and we're actually a hair away, no pun intended for my other business, a hair away from getting our certification for Comfort Aid. We have, we have consumer trials, huge success. We have dermatology approval as very safe for the skin. It's vegan, gluten-free, cruelty-free. We have everything except for that health certification for the pharmacy to take it on. But I guarantee you it's super safe. And we have at least the documentations that we have from dermatology and, and consumer trials. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So when do you think it would be in Boots by? Well, as soon as we get certification, they're waiting for us to, to give them a shout. So hopefully in the next you know year, we have all the documentation from the health ministry point for them. 
That's and then we're in. They, yeah, they, they loved it so much. They loved the packaging. They loved the efficacy. They even liked the aroma. It was a big success with their employees. Well, you know, sometimes with entrepreneurship, there's so many ups and downs and trial and error. And sometimes you get so close and then something goes wrong and then something better happens that takes yeah. you in the same direction or a different direction. So I feel like it comes down to always just being so open to new opportunities and, yeah. and direction. Uh, where can everyone find out more about the product online or buy it for themselves or follow on social media? They can definitely go online. It's going to be comfortay for PMS.com. And, um, our, uh, Instagram is the, is the same, just comforte for PMS. And yeah, you can buy it online. You can look for more information. We try to share extra health tips and, um, women's health tips on Instagram as well as Facebook, but you can buy directly from the website. I love the Instagram too. I love the little quotes and the font. Like it all just looks so good and perfect for young people and also parents who might be listening. Great product and also mission for your daughters and really helps open up that conversation on body image. So thank you both so much for creating this company and bringing it on the market. And we all can't wait to see where you are in the next five years. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Alexa. We appreciate this very, very much. Thank you guys so much even more. And thank you everyone for listening. Make sure to follow This Is Life Unfiltered on social media at at T-I-L-U podcast on Twitter and also Instagram. And let me know who you want to see next on the podcast. You can submit directly at T-I-L-U podcast.com. All the instructions are there. And I will see you guys next week for almost episode 80. Bye guys. Mm -hmm.